everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. Craig Schaub here with George Thomas, our film critic from the Akron Beacon Journal. George, how are you doing today on Thursday? Getting close to the holidays. Are you ready? Uh, my decorations are up, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, I saw a few of those pictures on Facebook of your uh, movie-themed ornaments, so those look kind of cool. Yeah, isn't that pathetic? Well, it made me jealous because that's that's exactly what I would be in, in for, would be movie-themed ornaments and decorations and things like that. You know, it's become a um, a monster. That's the best way to put it. Do you have I mean, a really obscure ornament from a like a movie that's not necessarily a uh, maybe a traditional classic or, you know, under-the-radar kind of ornament? I the only thing I have that would qualify for that is minions. Oh, perfect. Unless you want to unless you want to go television series in a year without a Santa Claus. Okay. Familiar with that one? Yeah, I am. I've okay. got heat miser and cold miser ornaments. Okay, great. Well, cuz I'm wholly um, pathetic. Well, maybe one of those days uh, we'll see some uh, maybe a column from you in the Beacon Journal about your uh, your obsession with Christmas ornaments. It's not my obsession. Not it's yours? Okay. No. It's weird because, you know, we have sections. Okay, the Star Trek section is mine. Right. But we have sections devoted to Star Trek, Star Wars, okay. Looney Tunes, miscellaneous, and I'm forgetting one. Superheroes in general. Okay. Do you go, like, in, in like, vertically or horizontal sections, or how is it uh, divided up? It depends on my son's. Okay. They, they put theirs up first. Okay. All right. Well, uh, speaking of the holiday season, always uh, big movie releases around Thanksgiving. People are home looking for some things to do, whether it be the day before or the day after Thanksgiving. Um, most people like to go to the bars, I guess, before Thanksgiving. But I like to go to movies. I'm sure you do too, George. Um, King Richard is uh, one that's really been highly anticipated. Now, this is obviously a uh, HBO Max release as well, uh, starting on Friday with its theatrical release. But this has been uh, really talked about for pretty much the entire year that this is going to be a Will Smith Oscar-worthy performance. Does he bring the heat or is it a disappointment? No, he brings the heat. I mean... You know what? He's almost unrecognizable because <laughs> you're used to this lean, right. muscular, confident kind of character. You know, a typical Will Smith character, right. no shell, arrogance, all of that. He knows he's good looking. He, he knows he's a, he, he can turn heads when he walks into a room. And Richard, Richard Williams is only got a little bit of the braggadocio and, and arrogance. Right. That's the best way to put it. And, you know, Will Smith kind of just loses himself in the part. Um, it's a performance that I'm shocked by because it's not all, uh, the best way to look at it, it's not all flowers. Right. It, it, it includes some of Richard Williams' warts. And, okay. You know, he was... Gloria James before Gloria James. You know what I mean? You know right. the reputation Le LeBron's right. mother had? Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was him. Yeah. You know, and the difference is he taught his daughters, Venus and Serena, 
a lot of what they knew about right. tennis before bogarting his way or, or, or barging his way into two of the best tennis coaches in the world coaching them. Right. So um, it's an intriguing por portrayal. It's an engrossing portrayal. And kudos to the two young women who play Venus and Serena once they get older. It's right. it, it's it's an enjoyable, uplifting film. Right. And, and, I, and, and I'm kind of surprised. Well, I probably shouldn't be. But, you know, they don't gloss over the, the, the racism involved in this right. William sister's rise. Right. But they don't play it up either. Sure. There, there's a balance here where they talk about that, but they also deal with the issues caused by, by Richard himself, who's so intent on protecting his daughter, daughters that it doesn't seem like he always has their best interests at heart as far as playing the game of tennis, getting out on the junior circuit, things like that. Right. Um, but I appreciate the balance more than anything else because you lean too far one way or the other and boom. And mind you, with all due respect, if you don't know that tennis is a very, very much a sport dominated by white individuals, right. you don't know tennis. Right. It's always been that way. I mean, other than the, the Williams sisters, I can think of Yannick Noah, Arthur Ashe, and that's it. I who who are people of color playing the sport. Right. Yeah, and for those of you who are listening and wondering, what's this? Well, this is about uh, Richard Williams, like you said, the dad of Venus and Serena, the great tennis stars, um, and sort of telling their story of the rise to, I mean, we're talking two of the greatest tennis players of all time, and, and Serena is still one of the great tennis players, even after having a child and coming back and still playing very well. I mean, tennis is not necessarily my favorite sport, but it is something that I follow every once in a while. Um, it's hard not to know the sisters who have dominated tennis for probably what the last 15, 20 years or whatever it's been. Um, so it's, it's kind of Tiger Woods like prodigies that, you know, have turned into two of the greatest athletes in their sport. Well, I'm, I, I'm going to go not too far out on a limb and say Serena Williams is one of the best athletes of all time. Yeah. And I'm going to say she's the best tennis player of all time. Right. right. So, Hard to argue. Um, here's what's interesting. <laughs> as great as Serena is, and something else I appreciate about the film, they don't concentrate on her. Right. It's, it's about Richard... And more or less dealing with Venus's rise to a number one ranking and a big payday okay. when she was 16. So that, to me, was a very interesting risk. I guess it gives you leeway to do a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I could appreciate that about the film. Well, I was kind of surprised. I was kind of I wanted to get your thoughts on this because when I I, I don't deny that there shouldn't have been this this type of movie made, but 
is it sort of a slap in the face to the sisters that they aren't the the main attraction here that it's king richard and not you know queen queens of the tennis court or something like that you know what i mean where the focus is solely on them and maybe you get a little bit of the background or in this film do you think it blends well enough to say that this is a williams family biopic you know it doesn't bother me personally personally at all because far too often you get those kind of biopics you mentioned but there had to be some sort of influence there you know what i mean sure, sure. And, too, and too often those influences are, are glossed over right i like having to see what richard williams and the family in general had to put up with to get to and, and, and there were sacrifices made for venus and serena they right. had three half sisters um from their mother's previous marriage all older and those three made sacrifices but it, it was interesting to see how richard williams not only had to put up with the, the racism during the rise but also this phenomenon that happens where in some cases and i hate using the term his own people but some in the african-american community can't appreciate, won't appreciate, don't appreciate what he's trying to do, and they're trying to pull him down, pull him back, hold him back, and you you get that everywhere. But as African Americans, given having experienced that, given what we've been through as a people, it's kind of disheartening when it happens. Right, and they portray that on screen as well. Okay. You know, obviously, you, you know, you say Will Smith hits it out of the park, which you would expect. I mean, you know, for everything that Will Smith is known for, the blockbuster side of things, the man can act. Um, so it's not a surprise that he brings brings it here. Uh, do you think he's at least in the nomination for Best Actor, or is this is a maybe a role where you think he might cement his first victory? Without seeing everything else, and I hear Denzel is pretty, pretty, oh, yeah. pretty, pretty nice in Macbeth, which happens to be my favorite Shakespeare play. Okay, um, he'll be in the discussion. Yeah, ultimately, who wins that is <laughs> I'm not even going to hazard a guess. Right. Yeah. No, I no one can. You haven't seen all the performances yet. Right. But he should be in a discussion. Do you feel like if the movie, I mean, I know you gave this movie a B reading your review, but do you feel like, uh, you know, if the movie had been a little stronger, he would have maybe pushed out to the, to the, to being that front runner. I mean, a lot of times those performances that are in good or average, or maybe even sometimes not so well received movies tend to get, you know, into that afterthought category when you get that nomination for that character, you know, that actor or whatever, even though it is Will Smith, do you feel like if the movie had been a little stronger and maybe a best picture contender that Smith would have pushed himself to the front until Denzel's performance, maybe? Okay. Here, here's the thing. Ronaldo Marcus Green, a director and the writer, Zach Balin, they could have easily pandered to those dramatic elements to do that. Right. Now, when you have Venus and Serena Williams saying this story is scarily accurate. Right. That tells me all I need to know. Right. So it sounds like they did the right thing. 
in making yeah. this film. Sure. Let the ch let the chips fall where they may. He either gets a nomination and wins the award, or he doesn't. It won't be the first time he's nominated. Probably won't be the last. Right. It won't be the first time he loses because he's done that. I think twice. Twice. At yep. least once. Yeah. So you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, you know, obviously, not that we want to say this out loud, but you know, the Academy can sometimes. Uh, think about ratings and think about pandering to certain people. And Will Smith, even though it's been 15 years since uh, I think it was the Pursuit of Happiness was his happiness. last nomination. Uh, of course, five years prior to that, he had Ali. But, you know, obviously you've got a big name who does give a great performance. It's probably going to be hard for the Academy to say no to that. Um, obviously, Denzel Washington, like you said, with the tragedy of Macbeth, everybody is just excited about that film and why not? Um, so yeah, I mean, it seems like Will Smith's going to probably be a shoe in for his first nomination in, you know, 15 years. And that's never a bad thing when you can have Will Smith at, uh, whatever the Oscar telecast looks like next year. It won't hurt ratings. Nope. <laughs> and nope. knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously you can see the film, uh, in theaters. Of course it comes out on the 19th. Or you can watch it for 30 days on uh, HBO Max, which is always an option for those of you who are maybe a little gun shy about heading to the theaters here in the time of the Delta variant and COVID. So a couple of options there for King Richards. Um, now, moving on, though, one movie that's I, I believe it's only going to be in theaters for that 45 to maybe 60 day window is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, not sure that we needed another Ghostbusters film. Uh, I can't even recall what 87 maybe was the last one or so. I can't even recall you're when not, the last you're one not, was. You're not counting the one with the, the, the woman cast, the female cast. Oh or? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That was 2016, right? With yeah, yeah the female cast, which was, you know, they were, I think the material kind of, you know, let them down. So, yeah, I did. Yeah. But they're all talented actresses. So yeah, this is the, um, sort of the traditional Ghostbusters sequel where everybody kind of previously involved wants to get involved. But yeah, you're right. The 2016, I think it was 2016 version there with the all-female cast also counts as well. Uh, but Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman, who is best known for uh, doing those uh, star, those Ghostbuster uh, films, I would say, um, you know, I'm glad that Reitman has taken on the mantle from his father, and they've obviously brought in a new cast with some of the old blend. George, is this really worth our time? Is is did we need a Ghostbusters sequel? Well, you're a youngster, so I don't think you saw Ghostbusters in the theater. I did not. The first one came out the year I was born. I saw oh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> I saw Ghostbusters 2 in theater and it made me cry because I was a young guy at the time. And when um, I, I think when when they fell into the slime under the sewer, uh, it scared me because I thought that's what the sewer looks like underneath us all. And we're going to fall into this slime and get carried away. And I'm going to my mom and dad are never going to see me again because I'm going to fall into the Ghostbusters slime. So that was probably the worst experience I've ever had at a movie theater. But I was also like five years old at the time, too. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> I saw Ghostbusters in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, like everything else we talk about from the early 80s and prior. Yeah. A lot of it I've seen in the damn theater. Thanks, pal. I, I feel... <laughs> Do we need another Ghostbusters movie? That's your question. Yeah. Um, 
Could we have done without this? Sure. Am I glad there's just something frivolous out there? You know, it's 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 a perfect as far as I'm concerned. You 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 and I both know holiday movie season run comes around. It's schizophrenic split personality in, in, in that you get movies like Ghostbusters, Afterlife, and you get the Oscar stuff. I can appreciate both. And it's a typical holiday blockbuster. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, and you, you um, again, ask if we need another one. Well, depending on how this one does, you're, you're going to get more. Yeah. Because a, a setup is definitely there. And, right. and mind you, 90% of this is a, a nostalgia ride. It really is. I mean, yeah. they gave away the ghost back in when did the first trailer come out. It's been a year, hasn't it? Oh wow, it's been about a year, I think, since they've teased it and everything. And when they showed the Stay Puff Marshmallow Men, the mini Marshmallow Men, which yeah, it gave it gave away stuff. It, yeah, it, it, and it, it let's be honest, for those who grew up with this film, it got us pumped. Yeah. Um. The setup this time around is basically Egon Spingler's grandkids in, inherit his man cave, his house, that's uh, set up as a place to fight ghosts in the middle of nowhere. Okay. In a, in a, a small Illinois town. It's a farming community. He was, a, before he dies, he's accused of being a dirt farmer because he didn't grow any crops. <laughs> um, he, the odd part here is it. It's not odd, but this is set up with those with kids. Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, the series I've never never gotten or appreciated, <laughs> and um, a relative newcomer, Grace McKenna, portray those grandkids. Now, mind you, it's focused on on Grace McKenna, her character, and how much she is like Egon. She's a geek. She's a nerd. And um, she has a very, very huge appreciation for science. She's a curious kid. And that's something I really appreciate about the film because it's science, math, all that. Until recently... Young women have been discouraged from pursuing right. education in those areas and and careers in those areas. So right. I, I like that aspect of it. There's a lot of 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 Easter eggs here where you're going, blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not enough to take you out of the movie. But I'll be honest with you, it's also messy. Yeah, where where some stuff just you're going back and forth and it doesn't really doesn't really jibe, I guess, is the, the best way to put it. But I'm able to forgive it because I'm of the Ghostbusters generation. <laughs> is this more of a fan service thing or does it push push things forward? I mean, is this, you know, is this a movie just to be made so it could come out around the holidays and make a lot of money and, and maybe spawn a franchise or did they actually 
you know, you you hope that these movies will will yeah give you the nostalgia, maybe the Easter eggs, but then also, you know, move the move the story forward. Does it at least do that or attempt to anyway to maybe set something up? Lots of fan service and nostalgia, and a little bit of the latter. Yeah, and you stick around for the end credits. That's okay. the best way to put it. Um, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, okay. Well, you know, it's. I, I mean, it, it probably being a Ghostbusters fan like yourself, it probably was fun to see some of the old cast interacting with the new cast. Obviously, Harold Ramis is diet, dead, so. Egon no longer uh, able to to be in the Ghostbusters universe, although he's lived on here through the, the grandchildren. But um, you know, was it was it nice? To, was it refreshing to see Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Sigourney Weaver, Ernie Hudson are back at it? You know, Did they what? Have anything to do? See, I considered that a spoiler. So you notice in my review, <laughs> I didn't even mention it. I well, did not okay. Only to discover that it wasn't really a spoiler because it's all over the place. It's on, you know, if you go on the IMDb page, you're going to see everybody in there. Was it nice to see? You know what? It's it's almost as if that amount of time hasn't passed. Yeah. Well, did they give them sort of a, a meaty role with it or did they, was it just sort of a cameo kind of? role for these guys i mean did they get i mean did at least the main cast ernie and and bill and dan did they at least have an opportunity to do more than just be on screen or it's a very 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 meaty cameo okay <laughs> they they have a decent amount of of film time yeah and plenty well, of lines i kind of feel like from here on out bill murray can do no other cameos ever and here's why any cameo that he does will absolutely pale in comparison to his Zombieland cameo, where he was just absolutely hilarious in like what five minutes of screen time, and I feel like Bill Murray can never reach that magic of cameo status that he had with you know of course his you know infamous impaling there on on Zombieland, but you know talking about Garfield and acting like a zombie getting shot was hilarious, so. I feel like at this point he can't take on any cameo. So hope, I was hoping that Ghostbusters was not some, you know, five minutes of just, well, here's Bill Murray for five minutes, but we're not going to use him. No, no, you won't be disappointed. Okay. Well, you know, you talk about the child actors. It seems like recently we've had a string of just movies that are dominated by children, you know, either, you know, strong lead performances like, you know, Jude Hill from last week with Belfast. Um, obviously, this week we've had a couple of movies that you know use a lot of children. I mean, are are the kids getting in there and and, and going toe to toe with some of these veteran actors? I mean, you know, I, I I have never really watched Stranger Things. My wife has, um, so I mean, do the uh, young teen actors uh, bring it here? Well, you you heard me mention Grace McKenna, and I'll be honest with you, it doesn't matter what Finn Wolfhard does because. Yeah. Grace McKenna, she she's got that that it it factor. You know what I mean, right? Um, she's a natural, and I will. I marveled at it's. I I marveled at just how well 
how how deeply it's McKenna Grace. I'm sorry. Oh. How how deeply that she uh, fits the uh, Egon Egon Egon's grand granddaughter part. Her name is Phoebe. Right. She's she's tremendous. Well, if you look at her uh, IMDb page, uh, a very impressive list. Um, already sixty acting credits, and you know she was born in two thousand six. So, talk about putting yourself to work already. But she's you know she's been. I, I the one place that I do remember her from was from Gifted. That was the movie with Chris Evans where she was like a child prodigy. Uh, super intelligent girl. Um, she was also uh, Tanya Harding and I, 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 Tanya as a young, younger Tanya Harding. Um, she did get a, a primetime Emmy nomination for her work on The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. So very impressive list of, of accolades already for someone who's, what, 15 years old? That's yeah. pretty incredible. So and, you can and, see the it factor is certainly and, there. And keep in mind, she was probably 12 or 13 when they actually filmed this. So Sure, yeah. And she's someone you're going to want to keep your eye on as she gets older. Right. Um, she's that impressive. Yeah, already a lot of, uh, I mean, I guess she was in Malignant earlier. I know uh, this year, I know you're not a horror fan. So, um, but yeah, I mean, she's got quite the impressive resume already for 15-year-old girl and like you said, you know, the sky's the limit for uh, for talent like that. So I do remember her from Gifted. She was really good in Gifted. So uh, definitely uh, interesting to see how her career pans out. And obviously, like you said, Finn, Finn Wolford, um, you know, probably doesn't need much of an introduction because, you know, Stranger Things seems to dominate the uh, pop culture spectrum here quite a bit. But, um, you know, it's good to see. I, I've always... My wife hates me for this, but I always am very critical of child actors only because really? I know you shouldn't. Yeah, I know you shouldn't be. But when when the performance isn't there and you're just like, how did this how did this child actor beat out a thousand other kids that probably went after that part? And then when you see a great child actor performance, you just you can't believe how talented they are. So, I mean, I, I totally understand that not every child is made equal in the acting game. But I don't know. For some reason, when a child actor doesn't uh, bring the heat on a, in a movie, I just kind of think, well, why did they cast them? I mean, it's not a bad thing that they just can't act or whatever. But why why give them that role and put them on screen and, and, and know that you're maybe not getting what you, you could have gotten from somebody else? Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm too harsh. No, but see, I, I I get it. You want to know why? Why? I made the mistake of criticizing the heck out of Jake Lloyd. Oh boy, and, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and we're yeah. we're going back what twenty twenty two years. And I took a beating for it. Yeah. And it's like, that's a kid. You don't do that. You don't do that. It's like he but puts it out there. It's on screen he's acting in the film or she's acting in the film and it is what it is. You know, I mean, uh, cause at, the whole Jake Lloyd thing is interesting because George Lucas had all the money in the world to play with. He could have cast anybody he wanted. 
and he cast Jake Lloyd. Now, maybe Jake Lloyd tested well, and maybe they did some screen tests, and he looked good, and everything came came around. But, you know, the performance was a little stiff, um, and that's that's going to happen when you have a kid. And sometimes, you know, kids kids can't necessarily just turn it on like, you know, a Leo DiCaprio can or Denzel or Will Smith or whatever, and, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe he, you know, he was loosey goosey because he wasn't on the big set with, you know, you and McGregor by him and all that. And he was just reading lines in the, you know, at the studio one day. And then he did a couple of screen tests and they're like, yep, he's the guy, you know, let's go for it. But, you know, I, as critical as I am, I also prop up the, the act, the young actors and actresses when they do great, like Anna Paquin in the piano, for instance, is always going to be a great child performance I was really a huge fan a few years ago of uh, Julia Butters in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as she was going toe-to-toe with Leo DiCaprio. And really, you know, I mean, if she would have been given a few more minutes of screen time, she should have earned an Oscar nomination uh, for her role there in that brief, you know, brief little excerpt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, you know, you know, it's it's give and take, but I, I understand where, you know, you might say, well, you know, you should back off the kids. And my wife would say that to me all the time. But, you know, they're in the movie. That's the part they're playing. And you have to you're you're critiquing the film. That's your job. I'm not nearly as harsh as I used to. <laughs> let's yeah. call that let's call that one lesson learned. <laughs> I can I can imagine. All right, George. Well, it's uh, the holidays are coming up. What's on the on the slate for next week? I saw Encanto. Okay, yeah, the new Disney Pixar. Is that? I think it's just Disney, isn't it? Or is it a Pixar? Actually, it's Walt Disney. Okay. Animation Studios. So okay. that one, that one's independent of Pixar. Even though they, oh, I don't know if you've noticed with them the, over the years, they picked up those Pixar flourishes and their 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 oh, style. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they've they've cribbed from their their corporate cousin, as I put it in my review. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely noticeable here. Okay. That movie has a uh, soundtrack with eight new songs from Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh wow. Okay. Well, he's probably going to be giving getting another Oscar or getting a nomination at the very least. You know what? In all sincerity. Um, I don't think he. I don't think he's won an Oscar yet. He didn't. He. I. He's the year that he was nominated for Moana. I really think he should have won. He got beat out by La La Land, which I also thought that was just a rotten year to be nominated in that category because La La Land was the musical of our time. So I don't think that was going to lose. Um, although I will say that I think they picked the wrong song from La La Land. I don't think City of Stars was the best song in that film. I think the best song in that film um was the the first five minutes of the film where they had that little uh traffic jam and they did that number oh uh, yes that but that song wasn't nominated so i wasn't sure if that was eligible it should have been eligible because it was originally written for the screen but at any rate yeah i don't think lynn manuel miranda has won anything yet but this year could be the year because he also has in the heights as well which he could score i'm not sure if that music's going to be original for screen so I'm not sure if it's eligible for the Academy, but um, if it is, In the Heights should definitely probably get score a nomination in that category. And I, he's, he directed Tick, I think it's, is it Tick, 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 Tick Boom? Boom. Yeah. Which I think has original music. Here it is. I think this could be the year he gets EGOT. 
Yeah, yeah. You got an Emmy, Grammy, and, and Tony, multiple of each already. Yeah. Not well, you think of it this way, um, theoretically, you know, with three movies, and uh, assuming In the Heights is eligible for Academy voting, he could get three nominations. He could get a nomination for each film, technically. So, you know, it'd definitely uh, improve his chances of winning that award, I would imagine. So, Oh, yeah. Okay, so you've got Encanto. What about, uh, or do you have House of Gucci? Is that I, on this? As we, as we record this, I am an hour and 40 minutes away from seeing it. Hour and 50 minutes away from seeing it. All right. Well, I definitely can't wait to see that, George. We, we appreciate your time, as always. You can follow George at by George Thomas uh, on Twitter. You can read all of his work in the Akron Beacon Journal or beaconjournal.com, where all of his reviews, Brown's coverage, Akron Zips coverage is there. So, um, George, as always, we appreciate it. And we will talk again very soon about the movies. All righty, sir. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We're hoping to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.